He's, he's the real meal deal. He wears that cowboy hat because he earned it. And uh, he's, uh, he, when he fell in love with Jesus, he fell in love with Jesus all the way. And that's the, the greatest thing on his heart and on his mind. Years ago, he, he was up and down, and still is, up and down on the, the uh, Christian country charts, which I think his voice is good enough he could sing secular country music any place he wanted to. But every time he's tried that, Jesus gets right up in the middle of it, and it just becomes a revival. And so when God's in your heart, he changes everything, and all the fences in your life get changed. And so I want you to, to meet the man who walked right into an electric fence in God and is a powerful evangelist up and down the highways. I'll let him introduce his lovely lady to you. Would you welcome Johnny Rowlett? <laughs> Man, it's good to be back at Pastor Church. Can I have somebody lift this? Because I'm too weak. I just can't do it. I just need, I just, okay. Thank you, Michael. Boy, man, when I sat down here, there was like 17 people here. Now there's 700. It's so good to, I am so grateful. I think it was uh, Tony when she walked in. She said, she came over and hugged us. And she says, why do I feel like, I want to cry when I hug you and I see you, and that's kind of how I feel about being here. I feel, I almost get emotional. It's like family. I'm so grateful that you found me years ago and that we've been connected ever since. I'm grateful to be able to come back in the house. I was actually around the area uh, earlier this summer and uh, was planned on coming in here, but then I found that everybody was gone on a, on a stupid water cold trip. I don't even know what y'all are doing, just rowing a boat for no reason at all. And, uh, and for Jesus out there just rowing the boat. And, uh, and I just thought, you know, and so uh, Pastor, you know, let, Colleen just let me know, nobody's going to be here. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I love coming here, but the reason I come here is because of my friends. And, uh, and so it's so, so I, I, re, I said no. And, and, uh, and we just were able to make this work and come back. And to be here on Pastor Appreciation Day, how many just love your pastors? Come on. I just, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep it together. But, you know, I, Gail and I do about, uh, we've been to probably close to 3,000 different churches and and uh, just the craziest places God takes us. And, and uh, it's such a rare treat to find people that are so loving, so kind, so good, and then have a team of people behind them that just make the dream work. And I'm so grateful for all of you that have stood by them. <clears throat> so grateful, so thankful for your word, Father. I'm thankful for the truth. I'm thankful that it breaks all the lies. It tears apart all the bondage and the chains that life tries to strap us down with. Father, I thank you that your word is more true than any circumstance, any lie, any deceit. And Father, I pray that this morning... We as believers don't just frivolously come to church just to do our due diligence, but Father, we come in here with open hearts and open minds and open ears to receive your word, to receive an impactful, changing word of life. Father, none of us have all the answers, but you are the answer. And Father, we lean into you this morning. We lean into your truth and your hope and your, your, your trust in us to be feet and hands and arms and legs, minds and bodies that you've put here on this earth on purpose, that we might be prosperous for you, Father, that we might be able to reach the unreached and teach the untaught, that we might be life and that more abundantly on the earth for you. Lord, this morning I pray that you minister life to us.
and that we're forever impacted by your word and by your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? You know, I think that one of the things that, that Christians struggle with the most, and I'm just going to kind of give you the cowboy straightforward talk, you know, and uh, I get to leave here and let pastor clean up all the problems and the mess, and and uh, <laughs> that's what they, an evangelist gets to do is I just throw a smoke bomb in here and blow up the place and then let y'all come together and agree in one, right? I think the, I think I'm, I'm going to share something with you that's a truth. And some of it's kind of hard to hear, but I'm going to give you a spoonful of sugar on how to swallow it down, okay? I think that one of the things that Christians are struggling with the most in our country, not you guys, none of you, <laughs> not anybody here ever, just Christians as a whole, <laughs> I'm just kidding, is that we have a tendency to compartmentalize God. Here's what I mean, and I'm going to give you an example of this in a second, but what, what Christians have fallen into the habit of is we live our life kind of in a routine. We get up, we do the same thing, we, we uh, you know, we live, we got our jobs to go to, we, and if we're not careful, we can habitually do things and, and lose the sight of of our actual original purpose of God. Why are you here? Why did God create you? How many of you believe there's a God? How many believe that he created you? If you believe there's a God and you believe he created you, how many of you believe he did it on purpose? If you believe there's a God and you believe he created you and you believe he did it on purpose, there should be only really one focus and one question for the rest of your life. Why? Why did God create you? Why did he pull you out of eternity? Why did he put your, your seed and your mother and, and have you be birthed? There's a scientist that I follow that's not even a Christian, and he said that, that in your, inside of your chromosome, one chromosome is enough possibility of human life that, be, that is trillions upon trillions upon trillions of people that could be on this planet. And yet for some reason we've only seen about 50 billion people from the start of humanity till now. He said the fact that you are living here on this earth, that your feet get to touch this firma, that you get to watch a sunrise, that you get to watch a sunset, that you get to sit and talk to the people around your table and not pay attention to the pastor. As <laughs> talking to you, blue table. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, it's yeah, it is blue table. I'm just <laughs> I almost got other people in trouble. You guys right over here. Get it together, man. <laughs> the fact, yeah, you, sir, you better get yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching you. The fact that you get to hold the love of a woman or the love of a man or hold your children or, or love on your grandchildren makes you so special. There's something just so amazingly special that you are breathing air that God pulled you out of eternity and set you on this planet. Why? Why? That's a rhetorical question. I've had people answer that. I'm like, it's, it's rhetorical. Think about it. Just process it. But here's, here's my heart. What we've done is we let life distract us. We let life become more real to us than the breath in our body. The breath in your body is literally breathed in your body from the Father. And what we've done is we've let the external become our reality. So we lose sight of purpose. We lose sight of calling. We lose sight of vision. We lose sight of destiny. We lose sight of intentionality to our life. And instead, we're living compartmentalized life. What I mean by that is we live six days a week. We go to, our, we got to take the kids to school. We got to, we got to, you know, you know what. And then we come to church on Sunday mornings and we, we check that off. And as soon as we're done with church, we go back to living 
the regular life that we were living. Now, I know it's not anybody in here, but it's, if you want to know what's wrong with our country, that's where we are. It's a compartmentalized gospel, compartmentalized relationship with God. And it's all based on works, and it's all based on trying to get God to move, trying to get God to favor you and bless you and give you blessings and, and give you stuff in your life. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> what I, I'm going to give you how I learned this lesson. Probably the best lesson and maybe the hardest lesson I ever learned in my life. And this is a true story. I was living in Montana. <laughs> I'm watching you. I was living in Montana. I had a 70-acre ranch up there in Great Falls, Montana. And I, I was raising paint horses. And I, I bought this one specific horse. I was so grateful. I went to the to the auction yard and and I, I and and I, I was able to find a horse that had incredible championship blood. A horse that at my level, I probably shouldn't have been able to buy. Some reason, I just saw it as a miracle of God that I found this championship bloodline horse and I was going to be a rich and famous cowboy, horse whisperer, trainer. Yeah. That's what I thought. Here's the problem. I put her in my truck, and I'm just, my head is swimming. I can't believe I got this horse. And I got her home, and I put her in my round pen. And I started putting a, trying to just see what she, just watch her be what I anointed by God to be. But what I realized within just a few hours is no one told the horse I just thought she would just be a champion. No, she was being a rear end is what she was being. And I put her in my round pin, and she would she would put her, her head out of the round pin, and I'm standing in the middle of the round pin, put a little pressure on her, trying to see how she'll respond and react, and she'd put her head out, and she'd put her rear end to me the whole way. And I'm like, oh, I see, okay. I got you're doing. I, I see what you're trying to do. You just go around in circles and showing me your rear end. I got it. And I started to get mad at her, and I'll never forget. I screamed out. Some of y'all heard this, but there's the rest of the story. Trust me. Some of y'all. So I, I screamed out to her in anguish, and I said, "Don't you know who you are?" Nope. She's going to run around circles and show me her rear end. That's who she was. <laughs> I've met some people like that. <laughs> I've been that guy. <laughs> Yesterday. No, just kidding. So the next day, I remember, I'll never forget, I got so mad at her. Because I, I spent everything I had in my savings to get this horse. And she's just acting the fool. So I screamed at her, don't you know? What price was paid for you? And that's when it hit me. And I kind of had a broke moment, and I looked up to the father, and I started crying out, Lord, I don't know what to do with this stupid horse. Just going around in circles and showing me your rear end. And I swear, in my spirit, I felt like I heard the father say, what did I do with you when you were going around in circles and showing me your rear end? <laughs> don't clap for that. <laughs> Come on, man. Give a brother a break. <laughs> you know what I thought when I was sitting there? I'm like, that's really not fair. First of all, this is a horse, you know. But then I thought, I know what you did for me. You waited on me. You waited on me to face up. You waited on me to stop going in circles and showing my rear end. You just waited on me. So I had this awesome moment with God. And then all of a sudden, I noticed that the horse stopped running. And she turned and she faced up to me. And from that moment, come on, follow me here. From that moment, something changed in her. And she started responding to all of the training that I, and it got to the point that everything that I did, 
that I asked her to do, she did it. Now, I'm not very knowledgeable in the horse training world, so I'm just so ecstatic and so happy at that time that I was just, every time she would do something, I'd give her a treat. So if she changed her direction, come on, I hope y'all get into some of the inside. If she changed her direction, <laughs> I, I gave her a treat, an apple or a sugar cube or whatever I had, a lot of, you know, alfalfa treats or whatever. If she changed her walk, her, I gave her a treat. Everything she did, I just gave her treats out of my hands, gave her treats, gave her treats. And she was responding. And I'm starting to think, I am a cowboy. And that horse is walking with a stride, right? So I started getting a little ego, too. And I, I did the rodeo queen wave. <laughs> Everything was going swimmingly. Until somebody sent in the clowns. I don't know if you know this or not, but clowns and horses don't mix. And they sent a thousand clowns. And their clowns just showed up all over the place. And they're in their stupid cars. And they're in their stupid outfits and their stupid makeup. With their, if you're a clown, you got to leave right now. Clouds everywhere, clouds, and they're beeping their horns, and they're screaming and laughing, and, and my horse is like, hey, and my horse is starting to back up and act a little crazy, and I, I'm trying to talk to her, hey, you know my voice, right? You know you trust me, right? You, we're, Don't let this circumstance pull you away. Don't get distracted by the clouds. Don't get focused on what's wrong. Don't get lost in the, in the chaos of this moment. And I'm trying to talk to her, and, I, and, and the way that you know with the horse is she's got your attention is with her ears, right? And I'm, I'm trying to get her ears to focus. I'm trying to get her attention. And she's steady, focused on the stupid clouds. Stupid clouds. And the clouds are just running all over the place. And I'm trying to calm her down, trying to talk to her. And I just about got her gathered up and calmed down. And about that time, one of them clowns rolled up with a bag full of candy and threw it at the kids. And six million children poured out into the streets. And about that time, my horse stood up and said, that's all I can take. And that horse bucked me off in the middle of the boulevard in front of God and everybody and dumped me on my back. And she kicked me off and bucked me probably 3,000 feet in the air. <laughs> or three, I'm not sure, but when I hit the ground, I heard every bone in my body go. <laughs> and I lost my air. Have you ever lost your air? I'm laying on the ground going, <laughs> And I look up and my horse took off running. It ran down the boulevard. It ran through children. It ran through grandparents and parents and leaped an ambulance in a single bound. It just went all the way to Utah, my stupid horse. And I'm laying on the ground and I'm thinking, you're a liar. You're a counterfeit lying horse. I thought we was tight, man. I thought you had my heart. I thought you knew who I was. I thought you hearkened unto thine voice. I found out that when the clouds come, we wasn't as tight as I thought we was. Stupid whisper. Stupid clowns. I, 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 I literally, I, I couldn't gather myself to say anything. And you think that finally when I gathered my voice and my air and I set up, you think I'd say, somebody, gather my horse. Instead, I set up and I said, somebody shoot that horse. <laughs> that lying, low-down, deceiving, <laughs> shallow, counterfeit horse. Somebody shoot that horse. Somebody gathered up my horse, and I didn't even know it, put her in my trailer. Me and that, I didn't even care. Me and that horse didn't talk for weeks. Put her out in the pen. I'm like, that horse is going to the market. Pretty soon I started kind of getting a little bit of humble pie and realizing I'm not quite the trainer that I thought I was. So what I did is I went and I hired me a real cowboy. 
a real horse whisperer. And he came in, and he started working with my horse, and <clears throat> he gathered me up one day, and he said, Johnny, I figured out what's wrong with your horse. Now listen carefully. He said, what was happening is that your horse figured out that if she would do the calisthenics or the routines or whatever that you put her through, that the more, the faster that she would be obedient to that, the quicker you would let her go back to living the life that she wants to live. So she figured out that she was really going with that what's in your hand, not what was in your heart. She was submitted to the treats that she could gather from you, but she did never ever submit to your heart for the call in her life that you could see, but she couldn't see. She just wanted to do, so she will, she'll come in your round pen, let's call it church, and she'll say amen, and she'll raise her hand when it's time to raise her hand, and she'll listen to the pastor and say amen, and she'll, she'll, she'll put the right amount of money in the tithe and offering because it's, it's the thing to do, because if I do this, then God will do that. And if I do this, then God will do that. And if I give this treat, then and if, I, if, I, if I submit to this thing, then I get this treat, peace and favor and love. And let me tell you, there's, a, there's nothing wrong with peace and favor and love, but that's not why you do it. You do it after his heart. And if you do it after his heart, like pastor said this morning, then guess what? The treats come. But if you do it for the treats, that when the clowns show up, You'll buck him off. I'm looking around and I'm thinking about where are certain people this morning that aren't here anymore. COVID is a good example of what happened. Personal offense is a great example. We're coming in here. We're doing all that we can do so that we can get the, I, I check marked it off. Come on, y'all are, are y'all with me this morning? I check marked it. I read my Bible. I prayed. I did everything I could do. Now, what's in your hand, God? What can I get from you? And the father's like, is that why you're doing this? I thought, I thought we were tight. And then all of a sudden, the enemy can see your counterfeit self. He can see how you're being one way here and another way here because you'll come into the round pen and you'll do whatever he's asking you to do so you can just get quickly go back out to do what you want to do. And then, guess what? When the enemy sees it, the first thing he's going to do is send in the clowns. And how many of you know life is full of clowns? <laughs> the clowns come, and especially when the enemy knows that you're so susceptible to clowns. You get so easily distracted and pulled away, and you lose your focus, and you lose your vision, and you, you forget the whole reason this is even here. Why did we build this church? Why did God give us this city? Why did he put the team that he put together here? So that we can get something from him? Or that so we could be profitable for the Father? Let me show you something. I'm almost done. Are y'all okay? I want to show you this scripture real quick. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> and Gail, help me if, I've, if you feel like I need to say something else. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And while you're turning there, let me just tell you, just in case you're not aware, what, what clowns may come. Right now, what we're seeing on the news with Israel and Palestine, Palestine, the Palestinians and, and the Hamas and, and all that kind of stuff and Hezbollah, and I, I was grateful that I, early in my career, this is, next year is going to be 30 years in the ministry for Gail and I. Come on. And early in the call, God put a man in my life that was a, an Israeli warrior. 
and, and he helped me to understand a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that's going on here. And, uh, and I, I do a short word every morning on, on my Facebook, and I, I explained a lot of that, what's going on, what, what's really going on. But how many of you know it's clowns? In the end, it's clowns that are being sent in to pull your attention and get you focused on what's wrong. So the more that you're focused on what's wrong, you lose sight of what's right. What's right is he's right. Come on, stay with me. Come on. And the clowns show up and the clowns come in and we start bucking and kicking and moving and we get we get on we get a little bit uncomfortable and we start shaking a little bit and we our ears are focused on what's wrong and we start focusing on the news and we focus on what's wrong with our country and what's wrong with our president and what's wrong and all those things are important that you know who you are and that you're part of a community and that you vote correctly, but you gotta understand that you serve the king of kings and the Lord of Lords you were not susceptible to these stupid clowns they're just clowns and their whole design is to get you to focus on them and you lose the voice of the father the still, small, quiet voice that teaches you how to speak, teaches you how to pray, teaches you what to say, teaches you what not to say, teaches you who to touch, teaches you who to befriend, teaches you where to turn left in life and where to turn right in life. But if you're so focused on clowns, you ain't hearing none of it. You're too busy trying to buck off the Father. You look at covid I'm all, I, I got to be done, but I just want you to hear that. You look at COVID. Poor, I just felt so bad for pastors. They couldn't make a right decision. Either clo- if you close up the church, you're wrong. If you keep it open, you're wrong. If you want them to wear a mask, you're wrong. No mask, you're wrong. So we have millions of believers, supposed counterfeit, lightweight, shallow Christians that bucked him off and ran for the hills. We need, I'm talking to that camera right there. You need to come home. Come get back in the round pen. We need you. We need you. We've got a mission. We've got a calling. We're here for a purpose and a reason. We need you in the house. We need you on the team. The kingdom of God needs you. Come home. Come home. This whole unchurched, de-churched, and now we've got we've got a what, the, the un, deconstructed church. Come, come home. Come home. You know, we got clowns that could be your money acting funny could be a clown. The guy driving down the interstate that cuts you off could be a clown. Come on. Your, your husband could be a clown. Don't say nothing, wives. I, I don't. You notice I said husband because I, I ain't going against the women. These women could be clowns. No, it's good. Children can sometimes be clowns. Come on. You're going to start seeing clowns all week long. Anything to distract you from the joy of the Lord, anything that pulls you from his peace is nothing but a lie from the enemy because it's nothing but a clown. I'm going to finish with this word right here. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, I got two scriptures I'm going to share with you. It says, for by grace... You have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. And I want to stop for a second because that's where grace people, I am a grace guy. I don't believe in hyper grace, but I believe in Paul's grace. Come on. I'm a grace guy. This is, this is where I'm at. We have to first understand that none of you here today are here because you earned it, because you deserved it. It's not of works, because this is what the Pharisees would do. When they started holding the law, 
they would start getting proud because they did everything right. They lined it all up right. You, the Father wanted you to know you don't deserve mercy. You don't deserve grace. But I give it to you only because I love you. Not of works, lest you start boasting. And let me tell you, you may not think you do that here, but it's rampant across the country. It's rampant on Facebook and, and all the other. It's just the arrogancy of believers is just, the, you ain't going to get more attacked than you are by unbelievers. I mean, by believers. Christians will attack you and throw a sword in your back before anybody else will. Come on. But let me, let me finish this verse. Watch this. Not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his, say it, workmanship, created in Christ for good works, God prepared be which God prepared beforehand. Remember, I told you, before the earth, before you were before, you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. And prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now watch. Turn over really quickly to Titus chapter 3, verse 6. What time? I don't see any clock, so I'm trying to. Chapter uh, Titus chapter 3, verse 6. We got to get some Mexican food. Come on. Don't pay, don't pay attention to that clown, he said. I like that. Titus chapter 3, verse 6 says this. Whom he poured out on us abundantly through Christ, Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. Now, hold on. This is what I think where, where the mistake lies. This is the confusion right here. Most Christians think that I'm supposed to maintain good works so that I can earn what God gave so freely. So that somehow I can earn his peace, earn his joy, earn his favor, earn his eternal salvation, earn heaven. Come on. All those things were given to you when you said, I'm a believer. Freely. Come on. Come on. Shake your head at least. Something inside of you has got to understand that you were given everything you need when you said yes and he moved in. Paul says it like this. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives inside of me. I'm crazy enough to believe that Jesus lives on the inside of me. And because he lives inside of me, he wants to live through me. And him living through me is the hope of glory to be made known on the entire planet. That's how we reach the lost. That's how we reach the unreached. It's not by doing stuff so that we can get, we're focused on trying to get to heaven and trying to get a better mansion and trying to get love and trying to get peace and trying to get joy. And all of that was a free gift by the blood of the lamb. They cost him everything. It cost you nothing but to believe. Come on, now watch this. So then why works? Why are works still important? And let me promise you, they are. And it's all in this last sentence right here. These things are good and profitable to men. If you missed that, you missed it all. I don't do works to get God to give me treats. I have his heart, and I do works because he, he put me on this earth on purpose for a purpose so that I can go be profitable to my city, to my county, to my state, to my neighbors, and to my country. Come on. Works, 
You are called, appointed, anointed by God to reach the unreached. And the way that you do that is you receive what God gave so freely. You become grateful for it. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And you let Jesus live through you. And your life becomes a light on a hill. And you reach men. Come on, I'm going to finish with this idea. I was watching the San Antonio Rodeo. And it was, there's a new event in the rodeo called Breakaway Roping. And it's, girl, it's a girl's event. And they're incredibly talented. So what a breakaway rodeo roping is, is the rope is tied on to the saddle horn. So when the girl comes out of the, out of the chute, she ropes the steer, the calf, and when that calf hits the end of that line, it snaps the rope. There's a little breakaway point on the rope, and it gives way. It's called breakaway roping. What's so fascinating is that you can train your horse, if it's got the right bloodline, come on, and it's obedient to the training, you can train the horse that when you throw that loop, in the process of that loop landing on the calf, the horse will sit down. Not just sit down, throw themselves down. It's incredible to watch. The horse will literally go pow and set its rear end as fast as possible so that the timing of that rope is quicker and it snaps and breaks off. That's training. But I'm watching the event. It's down to the last girl. And the time to beat was three seconds. And in my mind, I thought, that's impossible. There was literally over a million dollars to be won. And three seconds, that's impossible to beat three seconds. Here comes the last girl. She gets in the, in the chute. She raises her head. She nods. That chute opens and that steer run, that calf runs out. And that girl took one loop and threw the the. The loop, the lasso, the hondo hits the side of the, the calf's ear. And as soon as it hit, that horse started to go down. And in the middle of going down, I saw something I've never seen before. Come on, watch this. That's untrainable. While she's going down, she took her head and slapped it up against the, the rope. You can't train a horse to do that. I don't care who you are. What that did is it brought tension on the horse, on, on the rope, before the horse even sat down. Come on, y'all got to get this. Yes, we're all being trained. Yes, the round pen is good. It's good to come into the house of the Lord, into the round pen of the Father, and to learn and to grow. Learn how to sit down. Learn how to be a part of the team. But something happens with some believers that they don't just, I'm not just here so I can get, come on, listen to me, Blue Table. I'm not just here to, I'm not just here to get treats. I'm not just here to do my job and then go back to living the life that I want to live. I'm on a team. Come on, I, I'm a part of something. There's a reason that I'm here. And what happened in with that horse is that she figured out that, not only am I going to do what I was called, appointed, and anointed to do, I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to go further. And that horse took the head and pushed it against the rope, and that girl got a 2.9 second and won the entire rodeo. There's a whole message there, Pastor, about having the, the father having control of your head. But let me just say this to you. It's so much deeper than just doing your little due diligence, coming to church, doing what I need to do, making my check marks, reading my Bible, pray when I need to pray, because I need, I need to make sure that the man upstairs, oh, I hate that, the man upstairs, Abba, Father, that I'm, I'm just trying to get him to, to take care of my family.
trying to get him to bring in the money. I need, I need a blessing on my business. Okay, you got a blessing on your business, but that's not why you're doing this. The blessing is the overflow. Come on, y'all just, you are part of a team. You were sent here on purpose. And your job and your calling on this earth is to figure out whatever you've got to do to move that head, to move that rope, to sit down faster, to make and accomplish the will of the Father. You were destined by God. You were called by God to be on this earth for such a time as this. In the middle of warfare, in the middle of what's going on with Israel and Palestine, you've been called by God to be here at such a time as this. You were destined by the Father to be alive. Yeah. You're alive for a reason. So my question to you this morning, and I'm just going to open up the altars right now. If we could just play something. I don't want to put any pressure, but I feel like this should be almost everybody. I'm guilty of it myself, and that's why I'm so passionate about this. I can get caught up in the routine of life. I can get caught up in the in the in the doing the same thing day after day and and forgetting what, who I am and what God the the authority that God has given me, the purpose that God has given me, the calling that God has given me, and I get so lost and distracted by life because life is full of clowns. My bus breaks down, my you know, we we're, finances are a problem. You know, you, you all these things just enter in, and I get pulled, and my ears are focused on what's wrong, and I get so distracted. And it's so easy to lose your focus. And so my call as an evangelist that got asked to be here this morning is how many of you would stand with me? How many of you would come? forward and allow us to pray how many of you maybe if you just want to stand where you are i don't care it's your heart with god to say you know what i i have allowed myself to get a little distracted i've allowed myself to focus on the clowns i put my ear to the wrong thing and father this morning i'm taking my focus off of what's wrong with life and i put my ears back to my master if that's you this morning stand where you are and let's pray. If you want to come forward, we just as a body this morning, as a people this morning, as a church this morning, we're making a decision that we will not no longer allow distractions. No longer. Some of you are dealing, come on, listen to me closely as you're moving forward. There's some people in here that are dealing with addiction, and addiction has become nothing more than a clown. What if, what if you were addicted to drugs or pornography and that turned out to be just, a, just another clown that the enemy is sending your way because he knows that you'll become susceptible to it? There's some of you in here that's dealing with sickness and disease in your body. Sickness and disease that has been sent by the enemy to pull your attention from the master. And I'm not here to condemn you because I, it's a good distraction if we're just honest. The enemy knows what he's doing. He knows how to get you to focus on what's wrong. There's some of you that are dealing with financial worry and stress. There's some of you in here that are dealing with depression and anxiety and stress. There's some of you in here, somebody... This is my, my big one right here. Somebody in here deals with anger. You're quick to get hot, tempered. What if all of those things were just distractions? They're just another clown. Just in the acoustic. I want to speak to the mothers. I feel like the word of the Lord just said to me that there's, there's mothers in here that are dealing with anxiety of being a good mom. 
and the stress of that or the mom shaming and, and the feeling of being overwhelmed and you got a kid that maybe cries too much or there's so many things that could just be a tool of the enemy to get you to focus on what's wrong. I just want you to know the Father specifically created you to be a mother. You were uniquely designed and gifted to be the best mom. And the enemy's a liar. And he's nothing but a clown. <clears throat> Father, we stand here this morning as a body. We stand here to this morning as believers. And we thank you, Father, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We speak against all the lies and the deceiving of the enemy. We rebuke every clown that has tried to infiltrate our lives. We rebuke the spirit of confusion. We rebuke the spirit of anxiety. We rebuke the spirit of fear and worry and doubt. We rebuke the spirit of distraction as a whole. Father, we take our head and we lift our head and we stop focusing on what's wrong and we focus on you, Father, because you are right. Your purpose, your will, your way is correct. And we stand in the grace and the mercy of who you've created us to be. And we take our attention off of every clown in our life, every situation, every, uh, every relationship that's been stressful and hard. We take our, we rebuke that lie off of you. I pray in the name above every other name for peace. Peace and focus. We turn our head to you, Father. We lean in to you, Master. Our ears are tuned in to you and your purpose and your mercy and your grace and your call and your destiny and your drive for our life and not on what's wrong. We say with our mouth and we believe in our heart that you are king of kings, that you are Lord of lords. And whatever's going on around the world, it's important that we know our role. Father, speak to my friends. Speak to each and every individual, including myself, on what do you want what do you want with my life? How can I be a part of your kingdom? How can I be a better part of the team that you've placed me in, in connection to? How can, I, how can I move my head right and help us win the goal that's set before us? What can I do? What do you want from me, Father? Why was I born, Jesus? Why was I even born? I break the spirit of mediocrity off of these lives. And I thank you for evangelistic call, evangelistic push for warriors that will not preach doom and gloom, but will preach life and that more abundantly every step that they go, every place that, they, that you place them in front of. Father, I thank you. We break their spirit of religiosity and that we just make real believers that have an understanding of identity. My identity is in Christ and Christ alone. It's no longer I that live, but you that lives in me. You're not, on, you're not in some eternal other place that someday maybe I'll get to go to. You made me eternal when you made me a son. You made me a daughter. So I am a king's child my eternalness is settled. So if my eternalness is settled, if you love me more than you could ever love me already, then what is my job? What's my purpose? Why was I born? Father, we just pray for our city. We thank you for Cameron, Missouri. 
Father, we thank you for the city. We thank you for the rural community around us. We thank you for hearts of the people that want to reach the unreached, teach the untaught. Father, we speak to the, the community at large. We thank you for our state, our county. Father, place into our paths who you want to place and help us to be so not focused on the clouds that when you send in the people that you've called us to reach, we are alive and awake and alert for what you want from us. Father, I thank you that you move through broken people and that you cause us to be alive in your will and your purpose. Everyone raise their hand up. Just one hand. I don't care if it's two, just one. If you Just raise a hand. And say these words. Say, Jesus, I say yes. I say yes. Teach me. Mold me. Guide me. I'm yours. Holy and completely. I rebuke the clowns, and I focus on you and you alone. What do you want from me? I'm here in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said amen. Come on. Amen, 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 amen. Father, I thank you for everyone represented, Father, in the front of this church. Father, life can become distracting. Life can become debilitating sometimes because the enemy will get you focused in the wrong place. I've, I prayed in coming in this morning, Father, and you've answered that prayer. I prayed for a timely word for Passion Church. That was a timely word. And God, we receive it to the very core of who we are, that we'll regain our focus, not lose our focus, Father, on while we're here, and not tear our city down with the curses from our mouth for something we see negative sent in by a clown, but that we'll lift up, uphold, reach out, and grab a hold of everyone we can reach before the sounding of the trumpet. God, I thank you for the team that you have assembled. I thank you, Father, for allowing me, Father, to be the encourager and the coach of this team. And I'm asking you, Father, anything in me that has failed the test at any time, God, I lift it to you now. I feel a great quaking going on in my spirit, Father. What Johnny has delivered, Father, has gone to the core of my being. These are the words of God, not just the words of a man. And God, I'm asking you now, Lord, from this day forward, give me the wisdom, give me the strategy, give me the understanding and the wise counsel that I need to finish your mission in this region. I thank you for this team and the members that aren't even here yet who will be assembled with the same heart, the same vision, the same purpose. And we give you the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.